Well, let's go ahead and look at the book of Psalms in chapter number 42. This is one of my favorite Psalms. And folks, it's something that has been a particular blessing to me here recently. And I wanted to share it with you and share a few thoughts on it with you this morning. So let's go ahead and read the scripture here. Psalms chapter number 42. The Bible says this. As the heart, now notice, I want to go ahead and stop already. H-A-R-T, that's a deer. That's, that's like a, uh, an animal, not a heart like in our chest. That's H-E-A-R-T. H-A-R-T is as in a deer. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept the holy day, holiday, or a holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and from the Hermonites, from the hill Mazar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the nighttime his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones mine enemies reproach me. While they say daily unto me, where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Lord, I pray that you would help us to take this psalm to heart this morning. Lord, we see the psalmist, the distress that he's in, the way he's Lord, facing some sort of spiritual battle. And Lord, we see how you are able to also be his help. I pray that in the same way, you would be our help this morning. And Lord, may we learn from you, and I ask that you would encourage us and speak to us as your children. For it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Well, folks, what we've just seen here in this scripture, and this is something that I love, you know, the, the picture, and that's the neat thing about the Psalms, is the picture that you see, because he, he's, he's really writing what we could say would be like poetry. I mean, it's songs. These are things that's, that's very uh, symbolic in a way. As he said, all is the deer panteth after the water brook. I picture that in my mind. Have you ever seen an animal that's really thirsty? Now, because I have a dog, usually if I ever see a thirsty animal, it's going to be the dog. And you go out there and you'll see the dog. It's hot and, he's just, and it has a tongue hanging out. He's thirsty. So you get him some water and he starts drinking and you, you can tell he wants it. Now, picture this. You have this deer. Maybe it's out in, in, uh, in the field somewhere and there's no water. Everything's dry. And that deer wants nothing more than to just get a drink of water from somewhere. And he, he longs for it. He wants it. The guy that's writing this saying, look, that same picture, this deer that wants some water, Lord, my heart needs you. I feel like I'm dry on the inside. Lord, I feel like I just, I'm empty. Lord, I need you. I'm thirsty for you. Now, I want to ask us this question. Have you ever had a time where you've been thirsty for the Lord? Have you ever had a time where you've just seemed, if you feel like you're just dried up on the inside, 
where you feel like you, maybe you can't, you can't go on. Your soul is, is cast down is what he says. You feel like, man, there's just nowhere to turn. There's nothing going on. There's, there's no joy. There's no peace. And you're just wondering, Lord, what's, what's going on? Why do I feel this way? And he talks about a few uh, instances maybe that he has run into. He talks about some of these, these rivers, by the way. And we're going to see that here in, um, toward the latter part of the chapter. He talks about the Jordan River. And the Jordan River often pictures is a picture of death. And man, the Jordan River talking about the waters that would come over him and the way they would, they would kind of take control of him. And he talks about his soul being cast down and how his, his tears are his meat. He doesn't even want to eat. His tears are taking place of his food. How many of you have ever been so upset that you couldn't even eat? How many of you have been, ever been so upset there's just, that you feel like there's just no hope? Your soul, your countenance is cast down. You just feel empty on side. You're thirsty for some kind of quenching from the Lord. See, that's what's going on here. Now, the, talking about who wrote it, a lot of people believe David wrote it. Some people believe uh, this King Hezekiah, the guy that prayed for 15 extra years. Some people believe he's the one that wrote it. But regardless of who wrote it, the guy that's writing, we know he's having a tough time. And we know that he's having something go on, whatever it is, that he doesn't have control over and his soul is cast down. And that's why today we're going to talk about this thing right here. We're going to talk about desiring God. We're going to talk about desiring God. When you, when you want God, when you need God, when you feel dried up on the inside. And we're going to talk about maybe some things that would cause us to get there. Maybe why our soul is troubled. Let me ask you, do you right now this morning, do you have a troubled soul? Maybe some of you do. Hey, maybe you would say, man, right now the Lord, He's got me full of joy and I'm not troubled. But maybe one day you will. And when you get there, what do you do? How do you handle having a troubled soul when you just feel like you're thirsty for the things of God and you need it, but you're dried up on the inside? What do you do? Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Unless I'm going to ask you, what's, what's causing you to have this troubled soul? Well, the first thing we're going to look at this, let's look at the cause of a troubled soul. What is the cause? Well, let's look at what he says here in the Scriptures, verse number 1. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. See, he's thirsty, he's troubled. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? See, I believe one of the things that's causing us to have a troubled soul, or maybe this guy, is going to be this. Because of how long it's been since he's had a close walk with the Lord. See, he almost leads us to believe that it's been a long time since he's had a drink of that water. That's why he's so thirsty. He hadn't been able to go there. I want to show you something else he says. Look at verse number 4. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept the holy day. He's looking back and he's remembering. I remember going with the multitude to the house of God. I remember those days when we would go and we would worship and when we would rejoice. I remember the holy day and oh, how wonderful those things were. And he talks about in verse number 3, My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? So he has these tears thinking about when those things used to be good. He has those tears thinking about when he used to be quenched. When he was full on the inside, when he had joy, when he had peace. He's, he's remembering those things, but now 
He's cast down and he's thirsty. Well, can I show you here for just a few minutes some of the things maybe that would be troubling our soul? The thing that we mess up with is we like to think it's, number one, just the things on the surface. Here's what, here's what gets confusing. Let's pretend for a moment that you're at the house, everything's going great, then you decide you're going to go to your mailbox. And you look in the mailbox and you open up this letter and you find out you owe somebody you know, just several thousand dollars for something you had no idea that was coming. And you're like, oh my goodness, how, how am I going to take care of this? What, what, am, what am I going to do? And then, depending on the person, we've seen, we've seen that maybe cause someone to have a little bit of anxiety, right? They would start getting to the point, maybe they would even get depressed. They would start stressing about these things. Now, when I say these, please understand, from a medical standpoint, yes, there are some things medically that, that people need help with, you know, hormonal things and all that kind of stuff. I'm not a doctor. We are talking about things in Scripture. On the surface, sometimes there are circumstances that can cause us to go into anxiety or depression. I'll give you an example. What about, um, what about Peter, spiritually speaking? He was out there. He was on this boat. And he said, Lord, hey, if it's you... Ask me to come out there where you are walking on the water. And we know the story. What did he do? He says, yeah, Peter, come on out here. Peter jumped out of the boat, and he was walking on the water. And then the Bible says he started looking at the waves and the storms around him. And you know what happened? He lost his faith. He took his eyes off of God, started looking at the storm, and then he sunk down in the water. See, that's a picture. And now while that really happened, that's also a picture of what happens to us. If I start looking at the circumstance that's in front of me, this bill that comes in, maybe the bad report from the doctor, maybe the fight that I've gotten in with a family member. When I start looking at that stuff on the surface, I'm going to say, man, I'm just having a tough day because my friend said this to me. I am having a bad day because a customer yelled at me at work. I am having a bad day. I am upset. I am frustrated because I got this letter in the mail. See, that's what we're going to say. We're going to say that it's things like maybe some kind of social problem. We're going to say that what's causing me to be upset would be some kind of uh, family problem or maybe some kind of financial problem. See, I want us to understand this is all surface stuff, right? These are things maybe that I don't really have a whole lot of control of. Now, while I don't have control of those, where is the part of me that that gets cast down. We're talking about the guy that wrote this psalmist. Where is, where is that thirsty part of me? It's not in my pocketbook. Where is the part of me that's dried up and hurting on the inside? It's not at my house. It's in my heart. You see, we're talking about what's going on in here, not what's on the surface. We want to figure out why truly I have allowed myself to let these surface things bother me so much. This guy, he talks about his enemies compassing about him. Now, yeah, while your enemy is starting to surround you, that could cause you to have a little bit of anxiety, couldn't it? But I also believe that surface. What I really want us to see is this. What is in the truth that causes me to really stress out about things? Why is it that the psalmist said in verse 6, Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. See, his soul is cast down. He's upset. My, my countenance has fallen. Verse number 5. Why art thou cast down on my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. He's saying, look, my soul's cast down. 
I'm upset. I am, I am thirsty for God. And here's what we'll do. And I've, I've been here. Maybe you have too. You ever been to the point where that, that problem comes, the surface problem, and then you just want to go lay in your bed and shut the door and not talk to anybody? Right? I just, just leave me alone. I just want to wallow in my self-defeat. At that moment, our soul is cast down. Our soul is disquieted. And I think to myself, Lord, where's my joy gone? Lord, I'm, I'm thirsty for you. I, I want to have that relationship with you back. Lord, I want my joy back. Lord, I'm, I, my heart is longing for something better. I know it can be better. Why am I so disquieted right now? Why is my soul cast down? Well, in the truth, I believe this, and I believe we're going to show this for you out of Scriptures. It stems from a distant relationship. I'm sorry, things in the soul. That's really what caused it. But that stems from a distant relationship with God. I believe when we get so far away from God, He is no longer giving me the peace. Well, let me, re- let me rephrase the way I'm saying that. When I step so far away from God, I am no longer close to that peace that I can have. And I say it that way because I'm usually the one that chooses to walk away. God never goes anywhere. If I get away from God, it's my fault. God's always going to be there. You see, what he's saying is, did you catch what he said in verse number four? When I remember these things, I remember when we used to keep the holy day. I remember going with the multitudes and worshiping with the Lord. But but now, when am I going to come back and appear before the Lord? I miss that. I am thirsty for God. The very fact that he is thirsty for the Lord shows us it's been a while since he's been close to it. See, if I'm thirsty for some water, it's probably been a while since I've gone and gotten a drink, hadn't it? See, if I've been drinking like I'm supposed to, then I wouldn't get so thirsty. I wouldn't get dehydrated. The point I'm trying to make is this. My soul gets troubled whenever I let other things take place of God. When I let things tend to when I let things take precedence over God, let me ask you this, and this, this is where, what I'm getting at. What has more control over you in your life right now, God or your finances? What has more control over your spirit, God or your family? Well, what takes more control and sways the way you feel more, your job and your circumstances or your relationship with God? You see, if my relationship with God gets put on a back burner and my happiness is controlled by how the stock market's doing, well then, that's what's going to control my heart. That's what's going to start controlling my soul. That's what's going to control the way I feel. And when that stock market starts to tank, you know what my heart's going to do? It's going to tank with it. Because that's where my heart is. And so the psalmist, he's saying, my soul, though, it longs for God. It longs to be where God is. I want to drink after the things of God. So maybe we haven't been working on our relationship with God the way we're supposed to. Maybe we haven't been protecting our heart. You know, that's one of the things we actually talked about in Sunday school just a little bit ago. If I have a relationship with God the way I'm supposed to, the Holy Spirit will live through me and it will change the way I act, the way I think, and the things that I do. If I am walking with God the way I ought to walk with God, then He has control over me. But if I let go of the Lord's hand and say, you know what, I'm just going to do it my own way, that's okay, I don't, you know, I don't need your help, I'm going to go my way. Well, now who do I have 
supporting me? Now who do I have holding me up? Now who do I have that I can trust in when the waves start getting a little bit rocky? Well, really no one, do I? Because I'm trying to do it my own way. So then those things will start to happen. Well, what about this? It could also be that there is something separating me from God. You know, the Bible talks about this in a number of places, that when I harbor sin in my heart, the Bible specifically says that He will not hear me. As in, when I am trying to have a relationship with God, but I am holding on to some kind of sin, well, then what I'm doing is I'm building a brick wall between me and God. Now, that is not saying I am losing my salvation. You cannot lose your salvation. You will not lose it. Okay? That's a matter of having Jesus as your Savior. That's what salvation is. But, did you know I can hurt my relationship? How many of you have ever been in a situation before? Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your brother and your sister. Maybe it's your wife. Whoever. Have you ever been in a situation where when you walk into the room with that person, you can cut the tension with a knife? You know, you can just feel it. You, you know that everything's not okay between those two people. Now, let's pretend for a moment that person is your brother. You know, I walk into the room. Man, me and my brother, we've just been fighting. That's what brothers do. They fight, you know. Me and my brother, we've been fighting, and we're just, we're just upset with one another, and we hadn't had it out yet. When we do, we'll be okay, but we hadn't had it out yet, you know. And at that moment, is he still my brother? Well, yeah. But at that moment, is our relationship like it's supposed to be? No. So... How am I to experience the peace of God and the love of God and have Him as my rock and Him keeping me stable and me not being so thirsty and dry if I am keeping my sin with me instead? If I say, I want my sin instead of I want God. Because you see, God can't bless sin. If I am saying, I would rather have my sin, I would rather go my own way, I would rather make my own choices than I would to do it God's way. How is God going to bless that? He can't. I am willingly choosing my sin instead of God. And it could be that if you have a troubled soul this morning, it could be that there's some kind of barrier between you and God. Now, again, you didn't lose your salvation, but it could be there's something blocking that relationship. And that could be, we could say, hey, this psalmist, he's thirsty. Is that why we're thirsty? Is that why our, our souls seem so dry? Is that why I'm longing for the joy of God? Is that why I'm not happy in my, in my relationship with the Lord anymore? Well, maybe I need to look in the mirror and figure it out. Maybe I'm just not where I ought to be with the Lord. So in truth, it could be a distant relationship or maybe there's some kind of, some kind of wall there. So we could say that he's thirsty because his relationship with the Lord isn't where it ought to be. It's been a while since he's done with the things of God. It's been, it's been a while. He thinks back and he's sad and wondering where his God is. Now watch this. I want to show us here next then the cure of a troubled soul. What is the cure? We said we saw the cause of it. The cause of a troubled soul is we think it's on the surface, but really it's a heart problem. Do you know the Bible says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Any problem that we have, I believe we can say it's a heart problem. Pretty much. Now, I realize sometimes those things manifest themselves on the outside. And maybe it's not my heart. Maybe it's someone else's heart. But typically, if there's a problem going on, we can, we can about narrow it down to something in someone's heart. Um, and which is why it's so important for us to keep our heart. So what is the cure for a troubled soul? Can I show you a couple of verses what he says here? Look at verse number five. 
Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, watch this, for the help of his countenance. The help of his countenance. Look at verse number 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? He says it again. And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health, health of my countenance. So how do you have a healthy countenance? By being close to God. How do you get help with your countenance, with your cast down soul? By being close to God. You see, when I get that letter in the mail that on the surface might make, me, might make me stressed out, might make my countenance fall, it'll make me sad, it'll cause me to, you know, just to kind of want to wallow in my grief. Truth be told, if my relationship was like this with God the Father, you know what I would say? I would look at that and I'd say, you know, I don't like it, but God's still in control. God's got this. I don't have to stress. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I just know I don't have to worry about it. And see, in the midst of that, our countenance would not fall. Because why? My spirit's not dried up. I'm not, I'm not spiritually dehydrated. I am, I am full. I am spiritually where I ought to be. I am quenched. So he's saying here, I long for this, this quenching, for this health of his countenance. So what is the cure of a troubled soul? Well, we see that God Himself, He brings a healthy countenance. So here's a few things that we're going to do. When God brings in this healthy countenance, look at verse number 5 again. And there's, there's a list. Why art thou cast down on my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? The first thing He's going to do is, He's going to hope in God. He says, hope thou in God. Put your hope in God. This is, this is what we do as people. We need to remember that God is the one that's good to us. That's where our hope is. We need to think back to those things. Look at this verse in verse number 5 again. It says, Why art thou cast down on my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him. So, how many of you can think back to how good God's been to you over the years? Yeah. I'll tell you one of the things that I do, and, and I have to do this over and over and over, and I believe this is exactly what the psalmist is talking about. There, there have been those situations that have come up with me, and I've, I've got this, this problem. It's like this giant mountain I've got to climb over, and I'm thinking, how in the world am I ever going to do this? And then you know what I start doing? I start doing the human thing. I start wallowing in my self-defeat, thinking, there, there is no way I'm going to get over this problem. You know, there's, there's just no way. I can't do it. And, and I start to feel self-defeated. I start thinking, you know, there, there's no one that can help me. There's no way out of this situation. Then it's like all of a sudden I think about the Lord. And it's like God has to say, hey, you dummy, look at what I've already done for you. Not that God would call me a dummy. I shouldn't say that. But, but, but you see my point. It's like God has to hit this reset button with me and says, hey, think back to what you've done already. Think back to how good I've been for you. Look, look at this mountain that you climbed over five years ago. Are you still here? Yes, Lord. You got me through that one. Well, what about this other one? Three years ago, you had a problem then too. Did I help you through that one? Yes, Lord. You helped me through that one too. Now, don't you think I'm going to help you through this one also? 
Yes, Lord. I know you'll help me through this one too. You see how that works? It's, it's me remembering what God has done. And that's what the psalmist said here in verse number 5. He says, why are you cast down? My soul, why are you cast down? And why art thou disquieted? What you should be doing, he says, is hope thou in God. Put your hope back in God. Start lo- stop looking at yourself to get over that giant hill and start hoping that God's going to do it for you. Now, when we say hope, it's not hope like, well, and I hope he does. No, this is a type of hope as in the sense that I know God's going to do it. It's a blessed hope because we know that God, he's the kind of person that always comes through. He's, he's not a person that just kind of messes up and, and, and leaves us. No, the, God, the hope we have in God is one that will always be there for us. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to remember God's goodness. I'm going to put my hope in him. And then the next one thing we're going to do, this is a tough one. Again, in verse number five. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. The next thing you're going to do is this. Excuse me, I already messed this up there. You're going to praise God. If I can even get it to do its thing, I apologize. You're going to praise God. You're going to praise him. Now, that's something that I think is pretty hard for us to do sometimes. How do you... How do you offer up praise when you're not happy? Doesn't that sound kind of like a difficult thing to do? I mean, imagine this. Imagine you walk up on a person, and this person is just in the pit of despair. You know, you can just see it on their face. Wasn't wasn't that, was it Anne of Green Gables that always did that? She's like, I'm in the deepest, darkest pits of despair. And she always talked about how awful things were, you know. And you, you see somebody, they're depressed, and they're just... You know, they're just grumpy and you can see it on their face and they don't want to talk to anybody. They don't want to do anything. They just, you know, just leave me alone. Now imagine walking up to that person and say, hey, you ought to start singing a song. They'll probably punch you in the mouth. You know, I don't want to sing a song right now. I don't, I don't feel like being happy. I, I, I want to be upset. Well, what he says, he asks this rhetorical question. Hey, my soul, why are you cast down? Why are you disquieted? You ought to be hoping in God and you ought to be praising God. See, now that's one of my steps. First, I'm going to stop and I'm going to hope in God. I'm going to remember the good things He has done for me. And then I'm going to praise God. Because even though my circumstances maybe aren't right, maybe I've got this social, financial hill or whatever I've got to climb over. Maybe I'm having this problem at work. Maybe I'm having some physical problem. Whatever it is, the surface stuff, I'm just going to kind of let that be. I'm going to put my eyes on God. Then I'm going to say, God, you're still good. God, you, you've still saved me. I know the worst thing that can happen to me is that I can die, and then I get to come and be with you anyway. Lord, you're so good to me. And I want to tell you something. When we do that, something happens. When I start praising God, something switches inside of me. And I begin to start getting quenched. That, that dry, that thirsty spirit, that longing for the Lord, when I start praising God, it starts filling me with God's goodness. It helps me to remember just how good God is. It helps me to look back to all those times that He has blessed me and He has encouraged me. And folks, the whole point I'm trying to make is this today. I think if we ever have a problem, if we are thirsty, if we're like this deer out here in the desert and we're thirsty for God, it's probably because we need to go to Him and get a drink. We need to start spending some more time praising Him. We need to start spending some more time remembering His goodness. 
We need to start spending some more time getting close to Him. So when our counsel, our, our countenance is fallen, when our soul is disquieted, when I'm looking at the enemy, when I'm looking at the problem, when I'm looking at the letter, when I'm looking at the reports, I'm looking at my job, and I see all this stuff that stresses me out. I say that because, both hands up, I do this. There comes a point when I have to stop and I have to say, man, it's because I'm not close to the Lord. And I want to prove it to you once again. Look at verse number 11. And then we'll finish up with our last point. Verse number 11 says this. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? See, he said this twice. It's very poetic. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance. How do you have a healthy countenance? He just said it. God causes you to have a healthy countenance. Talking about your, your disposition, your countenance, how, how you are, how you look, how you feel, your countenance. God causes you to have a healthy countenance. If your countenance isn't healthy, God's not giving it to you. You see the point I'm trying to make here? So when all these things, when they come in, that's just surface stuff. If you want to be full, if you want to be quenched, if you want to get a tall drink of water, go to God and let Him make your countenance healthy. It's almost like, you know, you go to the doctor, hey, doc, I've got, I've got this problem, man. I've got this thing I need fixed. And doc says, oh, man, I know exactly what you need. Here's this, here's this medicine. Take two of these and call me in the morning. You know, that's what, the doctor knows what you need. This is what's going to fix your problem. This is what will make you healthy. The scripture just told us. Do you have a countenance problem? Is your, is your spirit cast down? Is your soul cast down? Well, go ahead and take your spiritual medicine, which is God, and He will make your countenance healthy. He just told us God is what gives us that healthy countenance. Now, as a very simple thing, as a very last thing, this is something I've always I've kind of wanted to start doing, and some of you have seen this now. I like to ask this question, what does this mean to me? Let's, let's go ahead and put this in shoe leather, and this is what you're going to do this week. This is what you're going to practice. I want you to, want you to use this. Use this now. What are some things that might be making your countenance to fall? Maybe you are like this psalmist is. Right now, you could probably pick up a pen and say, why am I so upset? Why is my, my spirit so sad? I miss being close to God. I am thirsty. Man, I just, I just want God to fill me up. I want God to, to quench my, my spiritual thirst. Maybe you're saying that. So for you, we're going to say this means a few things. Number one, you need to get thirsty for God. You need to actually get thirsty. Here's why I say that. Uh, I, and maybe this is a blight against me, water isn't my favorite thing to drink. You know, if you know me, there are two things I really do like to drink. Number one is coffee. I love coffee. Um, I just got a new way to make coffee now at the house. I think I've got like six different ways you can make coffee at our house now. I like coffee. And number two, I really like root beer. It's just, it's just good. And, and Coke. Man, a real Coke. You know, I like Coke. It's better than Pepsi. You know, I, I like these things. But to actually drink water just, just feels kind of, kind of bland. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it nourishes us. It's good for us. But I'll tell you something that happens. When I start making myself drink water, if like if I get up in the morning, I drink a big old tall glass of it, and then, you know, maybe an hour later I drink another one, I start realizing that's pretty good stuff. I, I need to drink, drink some more of it, and I'll get on a health kick for a while, and I'll start drinking all this water every day, and I'll realize just how thirsty I really was. You see, 
sometimes we get dehydrated. This is physically speaking. You'll get dehydrated and you don't even know it. How many of you have ever, and boy, do I do this. How many of you have ever been out working and boy, it's a hot day and you're sweating. And then the next thing you know, you start, you start getting lightheaded and then you stop sweating and your mouth starts getting kind of dry. And you're thinking, man, what is happening? Then you realize you hadn't had a drink of water in you know, six, seven hours. You've kind of let yourself go and you didn't even realize it. Do you know that can happen spiritually? We need to make sure we are staying on top of keeping ourselves spiritually hydrated. We need to stay thirsty. We need to stay in that point where we're longing God. We need God. I want God in my life. And if I just kind of neglect that, I'm going to start getting dehydrated. And then I'm going to start getting more and more thirsty. So the first thing you want to do is you need to stay on top of it. Keep yourself thirsty, so to speak. Then number two, we're going to say this. Is your soul disquieted? Your soul cast down? Are you, are you spiritually dry this morning? Well, maybe you need to go and find a closer walk with the Lord. Let me ask you this, and I've used this illustration before. Husbands and wives... You know, or even fathers and children, who, um, you know, parents and children, whoever. If you want to keep a relationship with someone, you've got to work on it, don't you? Got to spend time together. Hey, us, me and you, let's go on a walk. Hey, let's, let's, let's go out on a date tonight. Hey, son, let's, let's me and you go, we'll go fishing today or something. You've got to work on it. Just because God is my father doesn't mean he and I are always going to have a very close, tight relationship. No, I've got to work on it. I've got to actively stay close to the Lord. And if we get to the point where we are anxious and just upset and we're trying to figure out what's going on, forget the stuff that's on the surface. Look in the mirror and ask yourself how close you are to God at that moment. So you're going to number two. I want you to find a closer walk with God. And number three, notice this. I want to, I want to finish up with this thought. A closer walk with God will not fix your problem, but it will fix your heart. A closer walk with God will not fix your problem, but it will fix your heart. Let me explain. I used the illustration a few minutes ago. You go to the post office, you open up this thing, and you've got this bill. All of a sudden, you find out, oh, my goodness, I didn't know this. I owe somebody $5,000. And then I get depressed. I'm upset. Now I've got to go lock myself in my room, don't talk to me, and I just want to wallow in my self-defeat because I've not done a good enough job taking care of myself or whatever. And then we just start throwing ourselves a pity party, right? The point I'm trying to make is when I go to God and I get thirsty for Him and I, I let Him make my countenance healthy, that bill's still going to be there tomorrow. But I don't have to have an upset heart while I'm dealing with it. You see my point? Well, we're not talking about fixing the surface problems. Getting close to God and having a close walk with God, it doesn't make all our problems go away. But it does fix your heart while you're in the middle of those problems. It does give you a right attitude. It does give you peace. It gives you encouragement to get up and face the next day instead of just locking yourself in your room. It lets you know that God is still good and God is still in control. And I can look at this and I can say, you know what, problem? My God's already got this taken care of. Let's keep going. You see, that's what we're talking about. Forget trying to solve the problem. Folks, God's interested in your heart. God's not interested in all these little things that come up every single day. Now, I, I, please understand, I'm not saying God's not interested in our lives. He is. He, I mean, goodness, He died for us. But what I'm saying is, in the context of this scripture, God wants your heart. 
He wants you to be full. He, want, he doesn't want you to be dry and thirsty. He wants you to be quenched, being quenched with him. So, folks, if we could, here for the next couple moments, let's have every head bowed. And let's have every eye closed. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Right now, what is troubling your soul? Can you say in this moment, right now, that your heart is full, you're quenched? Can you say, man, I've, I, am, I am happy? There is, there is nothing in my life that is casting me down. Or can you say, man, I'm thirsty. My soul is cast down. I need something from God. I need a closer walk with God. I am, I am upset. I'm dry. Where are you? Now, maybe you say you're full. Maybe that day will come where you do get dry. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Don't look to fix the problem. Today, let's look at fixing our heart. Let's see that God is in control in the midst of this problem. And I want to encourage you to do this. Even right now, this morning, Let's just go ahead and ask God to take control of that problem. Let's, ask, let's give that thing over to God. And I, wanna, I want us to, to pray and give that over to Him. And let's get thirsty and get close to the Lord. Lord, our Heavenly Father, I'm thankful for all it is that you do for us. Lord, you've showed us here in this scripture that you are what gives us a healthy countenance. You are that, that health. And Lord, I pray and ask that, Lord, when the circumstances of life show up and we let those things kind of take control, I pray that you would help us to understand that we can give it over to you. May we continue to praise you and remember just how good you've been to us. And Lord, through all these things, may we keep our eyes on you. Now, folks, with every head bowed and every eye closed, this is your moment just to be able to do business with the Lord. Right now, in the quietness of your heart, maybe this is a time where you need to do business with God. Maybe we should start by asking God forgiveness for taking our eyes off of Him in the first place. And let's take our eyes off of that problem. And let's get thirsty for the Lord. Oh, Lord, our Father, we love you. Lord, you're so good to us. You're so much better to us than what any of us deserve. We know that. Lord, I pray that if there's ever a time where our countenance falls, Lord, where we're upset, and Lord, our, our problems and our struggles seem to take control of our life, help us to remember to come to you, to take it to you. Lord, may we always praise you no matter what the circumstance is. And may our hope always be in you. Because we know that you're in control. Now, Lord, bless us as we dismiss and get ready to go about our separate ways. I pray you'd help us to honor you today. And, Lord, we love you. I'm so thankful for each and every person that's here. And, Lord, go with us as we go our separate ways. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.